Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about Season 7, Episode 8 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me. And this is one of the best guesses I've ever made, and I never faltered once through this episode. You were certain Lily was dying tonight, and Mm -hmm. she certainly was. I'm a little surprised Julian made it, but I was certain Lily was out. It was the end of her, to be sure. Yeah, I mean, it's we've talked a lot about Lily in recent weeks. I mean, they couldn't decide what to do with her. And Annie Wershing was acting her ass off, doing everything she could to make any of Lily make sense. And she almost gets away with it. But the writing is just so bad. It's just so inconsistent with her. Yeah, The only thing they could do was kill her. Like what her motivations aren't making any sense anymore. It's it's complicating the whole thing. Yeah, they had to make her do something or make someone else kill her. Like it was just, they were losing track of her to be sure. It was getting away from them a little bit. (laughs) Before we get into everything that happened this week, here is a quick ad. I'll start as always by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. As Julian and Lily throw a party to celebrate Mary Louise and Nora's anniversary, Stefan and Damon set in motion a risky plan to eliminate a new threat posed by Julian. I wouldn't say it's a new threat. (laughs) <laughs> uh, it's just his his self. Yeah, it's just his whole vibe. Meanwhile, following a major revelation uncovered by Valerie, Caroline is forced to face her new reality, even as it threatens to destroy her relationship with Stefan. Finally, determined to do what's best for her family, Lily makes the most difficult decision of her life. We open the episode three years from now at the news station in Dallas. We last left Damon being shot by darts. Now he is chained up. Mm-hmm. likely thing to happen likely sequence of events so he says oh where am i oh that's right dallas home of big hair and horrible presidents and he says it kind of like he's hosting the news he's being funny but love that they gave Damon a little dig at the bush family that's always fun gotta love it some woman who we don't see at first says and the trap you just walked into unfortunately you're not the fly i was hoping to catch and damon says oh so the mystery guest makes an appearance why don't you do me a favor and come a little closer so I can sort of see you? And the woman comes into the light and surprise of all surprises, it's Lily. And I didn't buy this for a fucking second. I said, that's not Lily. And what gave you such confidence? Because there's no way she makes it three years from now and she's still bothering them in this way. There's just no way. I thought, you know, maybe someone took in the biggest possible thing, maybe a vampire solved the Phoenix Stone took over her body. But I thought this was likely shape-shifting or a hallucination, even at this point. Damon says, Mom, it's been a long time. And it has been a long time because last time he saw her was at the end of this episode. But we'll get back to them at the end of the episode. For now, we go to the present. Uh, Lily is lying awake as Julian wakes up and kisses her. And we see this as, you know, the boys are talking about the plan for the day over at the Lockwood house. Damon says, what's the plan? And Stefan says, Julian needs to die today. We've heard that before. Yeah. Says everything has to appear to be normal. Julian's not an idiot. He's a little bit of an idiot. I'm holding for laughs because (laughs) I have so many issues with Julian in general. And I think I can kind of see what they're trying to do. I think they can't decide how malicious they want to make him because on one level, they say like him killing Valerie's baby was premeditated. And on another level, he's like truly lost over losing Lily at the end as if he was truly in love with her, which I think is an interesting thing to explore in cases of domestic Mm -hmm. violence. But 
I just think don't think they can decide if he's cunning or not. Yeah, I don't know. I think you can read in one way, getting ahead of myself, unlinking himself without telling Lily as an act of protection or an act of like, you know, they can't use this against me, whatever. But if it were a manipulation tactic, he has no reason to lie about it to Mary Louise at this point. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like it was an act of protection, but also he's like manipulative to the heretics and maybe he treats the heretics different than lily well and maybe it's a loss of like someone that he's been manipulating for years and who was so loyal to him and it's a loss of loyalty more than a loss of someone he loved you know i don't know the reaction though is so dramatic i don't i think it truly he does i do think he truly loved lily i think you could also make the argument that it's a reaction to him being let out of the phoenix stone but they're not really touching that Although I think they could spend a lot more time on the Phoenix Stone of it all. But again, they can't really blame the Phoenix Stone on anything when before he went to the Phoenix Stone, he killed a baby. See, and I think they, I don't know, I don't read it as that much of a disconnect. I do read him as very malicious, but I do think you're right. He's sad about losing Lily at the end, but I don't necessarily, I think it is a loss of like, I think he loved her, but I don't, but it may not have been like the love that we really think of as love it's like he loved it was like a controlling love which again is a conversation within the terms of domestic violence and what happens there but i think maybe my problem with julian's character is actually really a problem with lily's character because i think it makes sense that that julian loved lily when she was a ripper and they had similar you know philosophies on life let's say yeah. And then when she wasn't a ripper and came out of the Phoenix Stone, those things became dramatic. But the problem is with this rewriting of history with the baby, they're trying to make it that like even when Lily was a ripper, she wanted to be with her kids, which we heard yeah. before she wasn't. I guess that's really my problem is that the Lily disconnect makes everything make less sense. Well, I think it's hard to view him as truly malicious and manipulative when we were told for so long that Lily is actually malicious and manipulative and doesn't care about her sons. And then all of a sudden she was just taken advantage of by this guy and she always cared about her sons. But she's the, like, Julian had no play in putting Elena in that sleeping curse. Like, yeah. So it's just, it's a decision with Lily that they never made. And I think they, in a way, Julian was to be like, okay, this is actually the evil one. And Lily's not actually evil, but it's like you already made her kind of evil. She already made all those decisions. Like, and she made a lot of decisions when Julian wasn't around to manipulate her. He died before they went in the prison world. She was still killing people. Yeah. And not that there are like not shades of gray in terms of evil sure. and good and there can be differences. But it feels like they try to bring her from evil to decidedly good, which is just like a hard pick. Like you can use her as someone who has complicated feelings for her sons and the life she's been through has changed how she's viewed it. And maybe she is relearning how she cares about her sons. And so then we get to this point and there is some care. But that's not something we really work with. It's like, actually, no, I've been caring the whole time. They also make her turn on a dime in a way that I don't think is true to how people behave. She's like, Julian is so kind. And then a day later, she's like, he's the most evil man I've ever seen. I never want to look at him again. It's like, that feels... They just give her a decision to make that makes the most sense for the plot. Well, even in this episode, like this idea that she just learned, you know, yesterday about everything Julian's done. And she's like, okay, great. I'm going to kill him. I'm not falling for any of this manipulation. Like a real person would still fall into those manipulative traps. Yeah. And like this whole episode is like, she didn't even want to bite that girl. And it's like, well, 
of course he would be able to trick her to do that. She used to do that on her own. Yeah, like- and she's a ripper. Like she, even if she didn't want to bite the girl, she might lose it a little bit once she does. But it's like we yeah. get Julian and they're like, okay, he's the evil guy. So now everything we said about Lily that was bad, she doesn't do that anymore. Even though Julian was not in the mix for most of the time that she was around. Well, and I think there's something to be explored in their relationships with all of them about the very mm-hmm. clear like disconnect of the fact that a lot of them were in the prison world together for 100 years and Julian wasn't. I think it was a little bit too easy for Julian to manipulate some of these people. And I think that yeah. could have been an interesting thing to play with. But obviously, they're like, we have to kill Lily. We've lost the plot on her. We don't have time to be nuanced about it. We we can't do this anymore. And I think in a real situation, you know, we brought this up when Valerie told this truth about her baby in episodes past. In a real situation, like that would have come out in the prison world. Yes. I understand like, oh, I ca- I held this secret so tightly, but you're in the prison world for a hundred years. Let's say, you know, conservatively, you're desiccated for 50 of them. Mm-hmm. That's still 50 years. Like I wouldn't have any secrets left at that point. And you know, you're never getting out and Julian's already not there. You're never going to see him again. Well, and as you're desiccating, like all things considered, this is basically your death unless something major happens, which mm-hmm. yes, something major did eventually happen. But I'd be like, you know, since I'm about to desiccate, like, I feel like I have to tell you this, Lily. And I'm just so thankful Julian's not here to hurt us. And it's, you know, helped us as a family, whatever. I think that would have come out in the prison world. I and I so get too. they didn't do that because they didn't decide on that storyline until this season, clearly. But it just is one of those, you know, plot holes that I have, I take issue with. Yes. I just have a lot of issues with the way they handle Lily and Julian and the heretics as a whole. See, I think Julian, at least like they said, this guy is manipulative and mean. And and they are kind of sticking with that. So I'm like, okay, compared to Lily, at least you have an idea. Although I guess the crying is iffy, but. But I think, you know, you can make an argument that that's manipulation. I do think my problem with what feels like out of step for Julian is really it can be traced back to the issues that are with Lily's character. Because unfortunately, all of these characters are tied so intrinsically to Lily. Oh, they're completely built around her. Yeah. And so when she stops making sense, they all stop making sense. Yeah. Unless they've done any other work. And like Nora and Valerie and Mary Louise are the people they build the most. So you can kind of get them away from Lily a little bit. But even then, not much. See, like you can see, like Valerie, they've built enough stuff out that like you can see the cracks of her relationship. I think that was the right choice, not so much. Nor you can at least see she wants to be free. She wants to be in the world. But they didn't really give many personality traits to any of them. And, you know, that was clearly by design. Yeah. And Bo's personality trait is just expressive reaction face. Yeah, Bo's whole thing is he makes a lot of faces. And don't get me wrong, I'm eating it up every time. And and he's a star and he's, he's a man of his own. You won't hear us say anything negative about Bo ever. I think all the time about how IMDb said he had a commanding presence. And he does. Like... Anytime something happens, they cut to him. They're like, do you want to know how you should be feeling about this? Look at Bo's face. Yeah, they do use him for reactions more than any of the other heretics because he is acting down in every single moment. I need that actor to know. I think you're so deeply talented. I know his script is murked the fuck up. He has a whole backstory for Bo that we will never know because they don't give enough shit about Bo to ever give us a backstory. Except the fact that he was an opera singer. Yeah, and so he built his own back his whole backstory and they're like oh and he was you were an opera singer before and he's like okay that wasn't really a nice story but i think i can fit that in i can make that work <laughs> so anyway we go back to back to the boys <laughs> just barely got in the episode but i have shit to say already stefan says if julian finds out lily turned on him we're all dead so here's here's a tip 
don't let him find out. Just kill him right away. Again, but, you know, Stefan already makes this argument here. I just have to be, I have to say I'm on Damon's side. Yeah. Enzo says, so you embed her with a psychopath. Sounds logical. And Damon says, don't look at me. I voted to drive a stake through her heart and end this Julian mama drama once and for all. But hey, complicated plan A sounds like a happy compromise. And Stefan says, it's not complicated. We get Julian's blood. Then Bo, Nora, or Mary Louise use it to unlink him from Lily, and we kill the bastard. Number one, that is complicated. There's a whole spell involved, so that makes it complicated. Number two, the immediate reaction is like, why can't Valerie just unlink them? Yeah. And I think the thing we're meant to believe is that because Nora, Mary Louise, and Bo are the ones who did the linking spell, they need to unlink it. However, this is where the Vampire Diaries put themselves into a little bit of a trap. Because these people are all siphons. And we've seen in the past that you can just siphon pretty much any spell out of anything. I was thinking that. So why can't Valerie just siphon the spell out of Lily? They never address this because obviously then the plot isn't interesting. But I don't, I think that's something they could do is just siphon it out. That's the problem with the siphons is they're kind of too much of a catch-all to not use. I don't know why no one's like, can't Valerie just siphon it? I mean, at least to give us an explanation why she can't. Because they could even say like, the linking spell is linked with her blood. If I were to siphon that, it would kill her because, you know, whatever. Or like she would need to siphon it out of both Julian and Lily. And I can't siphon it out of Julian without him noticing. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. At least say that. It is a question they should address because siphoning seems like the easy choice because the thing is we'll remember you know there was a spell on caroline that was you know the vervain spell that they were just able to siphon out really easily yeah in like two seconds vampire diaries writers i know you were in this room being like hey i gotta ask should we say that they can't siphon it because someone's gonna ask that and they're like we're not even addressing that they're like no we have too much to deal with this week the actor who plays Bo keeps making faces for way longer than we accounted for. Yeah. So we have to cut some lines. <laughs> Enzo says, you glossed over the important bit. Do you really think Bo, Mary Louise, and Nora are going to help? And that's exactly the question I ask. Yeah, because Enzo's like, those bitches are being manipulated to high heaven. And I would know as someone who is always manipulated. Yeah. We go over to the Salvatore house to see what's happening there. Nora is making pancakes. They're burning. Everyone's laughing. Julian says, that's it. Nora is off pancake duty. And Nora says, me? You're the one who wanted your chocolate chips to melt. And Mary Louise says, melt and burn the house down and kill us all. And they kiss. And Julian says, nobody's killing anybody before we eat. I'm not wasting any of this food. And Lily walks in and sees the laughter. And she says, uh-oh. He said, I hate this. Julian says, oh, darling, we woke you. She's been awake for hours, Julian. She hasn't slept all night. She's terrified of you. Lily says, oh, aren't we having fun? (laughs) Back at the Lockwood house, Enzo says Julian treats Lily's heretics as if they're his own royal children, and they worship him right back. They'll never turn on him. And Damon says, the old stake through the heart's looking like a pretty good alternative right now. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Damon's like, I know we keep vetoing it, but I have to keep bringing it up because you guys are starting to sound dumb. And I'm sorry, but... Damon's right. That plan is simply better. I hear that neither Enzo nor Stefan wants Lily dead. I hear that. I respect it. I honor it. But grow up. But grow up. Stefan says, well, I guess the only way we're going to be able to pull this off is to deploy the nuclear option. And Enzo says, which is? And Valerie comes in and says, me. 
Were you waiting by the door for an entrance line? Waiting in the hallway for them to talk about the plan enough to get to her point. Why couldn't you just be here the whole time, girl? It's really, it's not, you don't need to be that dramatic. You could have just been sitting there since you live here, apparently. Yeah. Valerie says, I know how to win them over to our side. And Enzo says, yeah, last I checked, she was the black sheep of the family. What are you going to tell them to make them feel otherwise? And Valerie says, the truth. Like, okay, sure. Enzo says, the truth about fucking what? But of course, Stefan and Damon already know what the truth is. So Enzo (laughs) says, am I, anyone going to tell me? And so it's like, once again, I'm the only one in either family who knows nothing. Awesome. Fantastic. Love. I love this. <laughs> I love being the bottom of the totem pole no matter where I fucking go. <laughs> we go over to the Salvatore house. Mimosas are flowing. Everyone's having fun. Except Lily, who's confused. Lily says, this looks like quite the feast. What's the occasion? <laughs> and Mary Louise says, don't tell me you forgot. And Lily says, forgot what? Said the person who forgot something. Might as well be. Well, yes. <laughs> Nora says it's our anniversary Mary Lou and I have been together for 133 years insane to forget it when you've had 133 times to remember but you know a lot's going on <laughs> but to be fair 133 is not one of the big ones yeah <laughs> <laughs> what's this one uh aluminum <laughs> yeah <laughs> aluminum again <laughs> yeah after 100 it's kind of like why are we counting Call me when you hit 150. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Julian says, of course she remembered. And it's also, this is the other interesting about Julian's manipulation. And I think this does help him, but he never throws Lily under the bus. I guess because he just wants to manipulate Lily back into the family. He doesn't want them to hate Lily. Yeah, I think he wants everyone to be like in love all the time. We have to imagine his motivation is like nothing can break up this family, even a little baby. Yeah, he is... Beefing with a baby. (laughs) Beefing with a baby. His mind is something. It truly is. Julian says, of course you remembered. In fact, it was Lily's idea to host you a party tonight. And Nora says, really? Lily Salvatore throws a party. Nora says, that's not even a believable lie, Julian. She says, let me (laughs) guess. We'll get drunk on tea and do needlepoint? Oh, excuse Lily for liking the simpler things. Well, and... Of course, like, I'm sure that was a party in the prison world, because what other party could you have? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry that Lily wasn't a party animal when you were trapped in the winter in 1903. Yeah. But also, if she were planning a party for you, obviously, just because she wants to drink tea and do needlepoint doesn't mean that's what she'll do for you guys. She'll throw you a good party. She threw a party last week that was great. Yeah, she threw a whole ball. She got meat and cheese wheels and everything. Yeah, they would, uh, what was the word he used? Decadent. Decadent. I almost said transcendent. (laughs) tomato tomato me me eating a meat and cheese wheel (laughs) mary lou says oh yeah nothing says i've loved you for over a century like falling asleep by 9 15 mary louise you are so boring what do you mean that's not what it means for you yeah mary louise when do you go to bed 9 30 it's okay for me to be a bitch to mary louise given her activity this week yeah listen we've always been nora stands above mary louise and mary louise only gets the stand card because we're standing nora but my ranking of heretics pretending they're all still alive Nora, Bo, Oscar, Mary Louise, Valerie, Malcolm. Yeah, absolutely. That's the right ranking. So, Mary Louise, I mean, you're, you're pretty low as it goes. And you're not touching Bo. And if Bo could talk, Nora, I'm sorry, you'd be out. You'd be out so fucking fast. I know that Bo has quite a witty intellect. And especially after I heard his opera singing voice, yeah, I'm listening to that man. I know he's got a deep voice. I know he's got a commanding presence. Yeah. Julian says, girls, you're underestimating us. I think they're in for a wonderful surprise. Don't you, my love? And Lily says, yes, quite the surprise. Also, I don't know what's going on either. 
Lily says, sure. Why not? <laughs> I, I'm already tired today. We go over to Whitmore, where Caroline is sitting. Lately, Caroline's role is sit at Whitmore and give exposition. It's pissing me off. They don't even let her kiss Stefan anymore. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Caroline writes, dear Elena, I'm pregnant. And I know somewhere Elena's like, excuse the fuck out of you. All I wanted was a baby. In 60 years, Elena's gagged. Yeah. <laughs> she says, ridiculously long story short, they're Rick and Joe's twin babies magically transported into my readily available womb by the Gemini Coven. Which is so funny because if Elena had not taken the cure and been at this wedding, those babies could have been in her womb. She could have had babies anyway. Caroline says, I guess I thought writing to you might help me figure out how I'm supposed to feel about the whole thing because on one hand, I know how much this means to Alaric. And on the other hand, I have no idea what this means for me. Then she gets a phone call. It's Matt. Matt says, breaking news. Remember all those people Julian was stockpiling? They disappeared this morning. And Caroline says, that's weird. Where'd they go? And Matt says, that's what I'm working on. You want to cut class today and help me get to the bottom of it? And she says, I can't because it turns out that Valerie was right. It's like, I can't cut class to help you. I'm cutting class because I'm pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm busy. <laughs> I got shit to do. Sit around. Provide exposition. I got ice cream to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fat now, haven't you heard? Isn't that funny? Everybody laugh. Isn't it so funny how much ice cream I can eat now? Because I'm pregnant. Everybody <laughs> laugh. Everybody laugh at me. <laughs> Matt says, oh, you're really pregnant. She says, yep. He says, oh, how'd Stefan take it? And she says, oh, you know, totally supportive and just wanted to make sure I was okay. At least that's how I'm hoping it goes when I tell him today. All the love in the world to Stefan, which is just, I just say that whenever I'm about to say something mean. Given what the writers have been giving us of him lately, I did not have high hopes for his reaction to this. Yeah. And look, I'm going to get on my Stefan Defender-ish because someone has to. Someone has to and it won't be me. And it won't be you. And I do think, A, the writers have been giving him a whole lot of nothing lately and a lot a lot of bullshit, particularly the other baby thing. But I do think, like, Stefan's not known... Well, Actually, no, I'm going to I'm going to wait to talk about this until we get to the conversation. But it is when you hear this line, it's like, I don't think it's going to go that well. I worry because even if even the most perfect person on the planet, like this is insane news to swallow, especially because (laughs) not only like it would be crazy for your friend to be pregnant regardless, but Mm -hmm. like vampires can't get pregnant. So that was not something he was worried about when he started dating Caroline was co-parenting babies who aren't his. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get into that when we get to the conversation. (laughs) But it does, we got to get through a bullshit scene first, actually. Yeah. Uh, We go over to the books, to a bookstore in town. And Lily is looking and Enzo comes in. She says, what are you doing here, Lorenzo? He wasted no time swooping his ass in. He said, need a boyfriend? (laughs) He said, I heard from your sons that you don't fuck with Julian anymore. So (laughs) guess what? I'm here. He's so he's actually so incredibly real for this. He yeah, he said, I'm not I don't have all the time in the world. I keep getting kidnapped. It's been a minute since I've been in a cage. So let me act quick. Yeah. He says, Oh, I'm looking for the self-help section. Seems I've developed feelings for someone with terrible taste, and yet I can't seem to shake her. He just gave up on her last week, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Well, so he just wants love so bad. And this in his mind, was the most likely option. Insane choice. He cannot get his ass up. Lily says, well, I need to get something for Nora and Mary Lou's anniversary. 
Nora used to read this poem over and over again when we were trapped together. I believe it was called The Nymph's Reply to the Shepherd. Enzo knows this poem. Because if there's one thing Enzo does, it's read poetry. I see that for him. Yeah, I bet he loves poetry. And, and I bet he loves memorizing shit. Yeah. Because then he hopes someday he will have a good comeback when he gets gagged. Well, no, he's got poems in his head waiting for someone to be in love with him and hear a poem. All he wants is a fucking girlfriend so he can recite poems. I mean, honestly. I'm sure he recited poems to Damon at the time, too. Oh, yeah, because that's all they did they, when they were besties. Absolutely. So Enzo quotes the poem, says, But could youth last and love still breed, had joys no date, nor age, no need? Then these delights my mind might move to live with thee and be thy love. This is an interesting poem when you think about like being in the prison world. Like, can we still be in love and be youthful if it's all endless? Good for eternity, too. It's so funny you said that because whenever people start speaking poetry, it's like my mind goes blank. Yeah, your eyes like, I, I don't so hear hard. anything. So you're saying it's an interesting poem. I was like, oh, why? <laughs> oh, what do they say? What do they say? <laughs> we just heard know. it. <laughs> Lily says, I had no idea you enjoyed poetry. He says, there's a lot about me you haven't allowed yourself to know. He's moving in. He got her there. He gets close to her to grab a book, the book that the poem is in. Reaches behind her head to grab the book. It's a move. He says, the poems of Sir Walter Raleigh, a proper Englishman. This looks like a decent addition. Do you really think some bauble will convince the heretics to side with you over an evil stepdaddy who spoils them rotten with ponies and ice cream? And Lily says, I don't really have a choice, King. Enzo says, yes, you do. Run. Leave town with me. Let your sons carry out your plan while you're off the grid. And Lily said, I don't really want to spend that much time with you. Yeah, she said, I'm not really <laughs> sure about you, honestly. She says, Lorenzo, I can't run from this. This is my doing. It's right of her not to run. This is her doing. But yeah, she could go away while they do this plan. Yeah. And frankly, it, it might not hurt. Enzo says, you're not safe. Come with me. And she says, you know, I can't do that. He says, but if you could. And she says, if I could. And she doesn't answer that. Uh, but they do kiss. They make out for a minute. Boo. I mean, I was, first of all, not really watching this. I was blocking my eyes because, uh, ew. But I was like, okay, this is even more confirmation she's dying. Because they're giving Enzo one good kiss here before she dies. I was like, that's a goodbye kiss. Bye. Yeah, I mean, it, it does give goodbye kiss, and it is. She could have died without us ever having to deal with Lily and Enzo kissing, but alas, that's not the world we live in. But alas, they want to make her just the most annoying character. No matter what Annie Wershing does. And again, Annie Wershing is really doing her best to make Lily's motivations make sense. She's acting the script that she's given. That is all she can do. Enzo says, good luck, Lily. You'll need it. And she will. She will need it. She won't have it. <laughs> yeah. We go over to the party venue. It's some house in Mystic Falls that we haven't been to ever. I don't think. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Julian leads in Nora and Mary Louise and they have blindfolds on. And Nora says, I can't see anything. Julian says, that's the point of the blindfold. He said, it's a blindfold, you dumb fucking bitch. <laughs> Mary Louise says, Julian, enough games. And he says, okay, as you wish. And he takes their blindfolds off and there's a huge crowd of people. There's disco balls, there's confetti. It's beautiful. And in the crowd, Bo is there and he raises a glass. I just imagine them in the editing bay being like, we're not cutting one frame of Bo. He's giving <laughs> us too much good stuff. Like, no, keep that in. We need to spread the feeling out. And also, he's the only familiar face in the party. So we do have to be yeah. like, they have one friend here. Remember, we have that other heretic. 
Nora says this is epic. Yet nothing more epic than an anniversary party where you don't know anybody. Where you know three total people, include, which includes the person you're celebrating the anniversary with. Yeah. Mary Louise says, who are all these people? And Julian says, friends, food, whatever you want them to be. They've all been compelled to see to your every desire. And Nora says, but there's so many. And Julian says, I've been collecting them for this very occasion. So that implies that all the people who are being kidnapped and held with saline for weeks were just like essentially extras for a party. Yeah, he was feeding people salmon and steak just so they could come to one party. It's a little to what end, honestly. <laughs> it's it's a little like, okay. You could have just compelled them to come. Or even put a flyer up near the college. Like, Literally. Why were you spending money on all those meals? And again, the town's evacuated. You can't like order them from the grill. You're either ordering them offsite and having them shipped over, or you're buying the food and cooking it yourself. It just feels like, why don't you just compel people? How many hours do you have in the day? How much time did you have to spend on this? Like, it just feels like a lot of work for very little reward, considering they eat, like, they bite, like, maybe six of them. Yeah, they don't even feed on a lot of them. Most people just come to a party. And then, mind you, this party is also catered. So it's like, you spent so much money on food to feed on maybe five people. Well, then all these people wake up from their compulsion and they're like, damn, I lost a lot of weight. Was I only eating, like, lean meats? Yeah. (laughs) Was eating a really protein-heavy diet, and I'm yeah. really hydrated. <laughs> Mary Louise says, are you ill? Lily would never allow this. He obviously he didn't fucking ask Lily. Well, and you're, the party's already started. Obvi- like, what is Lily going to do about it now? Because yeah. Lily's proven one thing, that she will not stop a train already in motion. Exactly. Julian says, come on, it's your anniversary. Let's have a drink to celebrate. He calls over a bottle service girl who has, like, a sparkler on top of a champagne. A sparkler, like, strapped to it with a zip tie, which, like, maybe is how they do it, but it's not very delicately done. I think it is how they do it, but unfortunately, this party's in broad daylight, so you yeah. can see the details more than you could at a club. And then he calls the girl over and he bites her neck. Like, why'd you have to call the champagne girl over? Yeah. Someone's going to drink that champagne. Lily sees this and says, hey, what's going on here? And Julian says, loosen up, darling. It's a party. And Lily says, the rule is we may feed on trespassers. One here, maybe another there. But where did all these people come from? They certainly didn't bust themselves in to be our dinner. And Nora says, see, I told you she was incapable of fun. Let's go before she ruins our entire night. And Lily says, okay, however, I suppose since it's a special occasion, we can make an exception. And Julian says, see, just like old times. And Nora and Mary Louise feed. Lily is not happy with this. And this is also, this is why, to me, like, Julian's manipulation obviously works on a lot of these people. Mm-hmm. It's unclear here if he's trying to manipulate Lily. Because I think the more interesting choice is he's trying to manipulate Lily into feeding so that she becomes a ripper and sides with them. But if that is his goal, he doesn't make her feed very much. I think he's trying to manipulate her to love this family so much that she like disowns Damon and Stefan. Yeah. Which she kind of had done already, but now she cares about them. That seems like his whole goal is to be like, we're a family that no one else can be part of. And it's like, okay, stay in the prison world then. I just don't really give a fuck about him. Yeah. I mean, he's not giving. I can't even waste energy like wanting him dead. He just is so to me boring. 
it just feels like they were like, we need a villain. And so they said, okay, what are some traits that would come up in a villain? And they said, manipulative, uh, ripper, blonde, accent. And then that's it. Okay, let's put that casting call out. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, oh, the episodes are coming. Let's write this pretty quick. Oh, and he, um, he made Lily bite someone. Oh, and he, um, he killed a baby. That's that's villain. What's the meanest thing we can think of? And someone in the restaurant was like, I don't know, killed a baby. And they said, who's baby? And they said, mm, Stefan. <laughs> it's like they <laughs> pulled it out of a hat. Like, oh, so one of them needs to be a girl. And she's and how long were they together? Mm, just one night. One of them needs to be a girl. Well, we have three girls. OK, but two of them have to be lesbians. So who's the other one left? OK, sure. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Season seven. You're losing me. <laughs> We go over to the Lockwood house. Stefan gets a text and says, Damon, Lily just texted their location. Let's do this. Then he opens the front door and Caroline is there and he is surprised to see her. He says, oh, uh, hi, I, th- I thought you were studying. And she says, I was, but now I'm here. So surprise. Yeah, she said, well, I'm at your door now. So aren't you excited to see your girlfriend? How about a hug? <laughs> Perhaps a kiss. Damon says, ah, Stefan distraction machine. Please tell me you're not coming. And she says, coming where? And Valerie says, Nora and Mary Louise's anniversary. And Caroline says, great, you're here too. That's perfect. Caroline's like, this day. Stefan says, so what are you doing here? And Caroline says, um. And Damon says, spit it out, Blondie. And Valerie says, you know what? Damon and I are going to go together. Stefan can follow behind. Thank you, Valerie. She queened once, finally. Finally. Damon says, what? No. And Valerie says, yes, let's go. And they go. And Stefan says, what was all that about? And Caroline says, we need to talk. We cut to a little later. She's giving him a bourbon. It's after the initial tell. And so she says, I know it's insane. Magical baby transplants. I didn't believe it either. But then I ate nine ice cream sundaes from noon to three and none of my clothes fit. You know, like a pregnant woman. TV shows love to be like, pregnant girl gets fat. Pregnant girl gets fat. None of her clothes fit. Fat, fat, fat. (laughs) It's like, okay. And this one's extra fat because there's two babies in there. She eats ice cream. It's like, okay. fine <laughs> next is gonna be like she eats ice cream but there's something weird on it like olives or some bullshit because yeah, like- you know pregnancy cravings and we have to make it something just beyond weird that no one's ever wanted because then it's funny because what a fat bitch is eating this gross food <laughs> you guys get it <laughs> it's like you guys get the joke and she threw up too by the way and it's like okay we got it <laughs> it's like we got it we understood. Thank you. We just really needed you to tell us that she has the babies. We don't need the other stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so Caroline says, and there was that whole part with the doctor and the ultrasound. We could have led with that. Stefan says, right. And Caroline says, hey, quick request. Uh, You know, you can say something. And like, to be fair to Stefan, again, huge amount of information that was just dropped on him, most of which he thought was um, impossible to ever happen. And to be fair to Stefan, also like, this information is a lot to take in, but he literally does have a tight time window, like only today. Yeah. Like this plan is already in motion and he's already thinking about that. And then he has to think about this. And one thing we know about Stefan, king of compartmentalizing, he can't open two compartments. Yeah. Well, he's like, if I start thinking about this too hard, I'm going to lose it. Yeah. Now, do I think that he could have handled this conversation a little better in spite of that? Absolutely. But I do think, to be fair to Stefan, like, this is probably the exact worst time she could have told him this. Yeah. Which she couldn't have known. 
it is one of those things that it's like, there is so much I have to think through about this. First of all, you're a vampire who's pregnant. Second of all, you're my girlfriend who's pregnant. Third of all, this past teacher of yours is the father and you're also not the mother. It's just a lot to take in. Yeah. He says, you know, I don't think there are any words. And she says, yeah, I know. It's it's tricky. She says, yeah, but could you find like a couple like it's going to be okay? Or like, how are you feeling? How about those yeah. words? But no, the words he finds are, I have to go. Okay, Serena Vanderwoodson. I know, he's so Serena Vanderwoodson. <laughs> and it's like, oh, excuse me? And even Caroline's like, um, what? He says, I mean, obviously we need to talk about this, but we have a small window to get to Julian tonight. And this is sort of, and Caroline says, bad timing. Oh, trust me, I get it. I've got the babies. Yeah, she's like, I'm not exactly at a perfect time in my life either. And I get this is a tight timeline and he does kind of have to get moving, but like he could certainly spare another 15 minutes. Not to even like get ahead of ourselves, but there's not a lot of urgency later in the day either. Yeah. At this point, the plan seems like a pretty tight window and later it gets wider and wider. So I do think he could have found other words, but I do think unfortunately, like this is just the exact worst day she could have told him. Well, I think it is very Stefan to be like, I don't know how to handle this. I'm just going to disappear for a second while I figure it out. Yes. Which is not ideal for Caroline, who is chatty by nature. Yes, who just likes to talk things out. And Stefan yeah. likes to think about things and cre- and have like a statement. He likes to sort through his feelings before he gets into it. Because or else he says something dumb like he just did. Yeah. So. Stefan says, no, I mean, yes, it is bad timing. But we will talk about it when I get back. And she says, okay. And he says, promise. It's going to be super fun to talk about after your mom dies. Yeah. But you can't know that's coming. Exactly. So he goes. We go over to the party. Mary Louise pulls Julian like out of the room. And he says, oh, where are you taking me? And she says, quiet. I need your opinion. She shows him a dinky little ring. Uh, just kidding. It's perfectly fine. It's fine. It's, it's fine. Nice. It's. I mean, it's a little small, but it's okay. Yeah. Um. She says, do you think she'll say yes? And Julian says, she loves you. She would have said yes when it would have gotten her beheaded. And Mary Louise says, why am I so nervous? And Julian says, probably because the love of your life is far too vain to be wearing whatever that tiny little rock is reflecting light in that box. And it's like, okay, the ring is not that bad. It's like, I made a joke like, oh, she's going to say no to that. But I was like, obviously Nora's going to say yes to it. Like, now should you have probably gotten a little bit nicer of a ring for her? Sure. But like, it's not like she's going to say no to that ring. And it's not a hideous ring by any means. Yeah, it's fine. It's just simple. Mary Louise says, you know, Lily doesn't allow us to leave Mystic Falls, so my options were limited to coal miner chic. Number one, you can steal whatever ring you want. And number two, online shopping. Exactly. Julian says a relationship as beautiful as yours deserves something a little better. He holds up his pinky that has a ring on it. And it's the gaudiest ring you've ever seen. It's like, I'm sorry, why are you wearing that? It's like, first of all, it's weird you're wearing it because we see it's got like the pave on the side and it's like, a couple different bands in a design. So it's a pretty girly ring on top of it being just disgustingly large. Very gaudy. He says, this belonged to a royal, a princess, I think. She was telling me as she lost her head. <laughs> um, Mary Louise says, it's perfect. And he says, the perfect ring for the perfect couple. I disagree. I think we swung a little too far. Yeah, the other one was a little small. This one way too big. I think there's a middle ground between these two rings. And Mary Louise's was closer to the correct middle ground. Exactly. They hug and Julian says, I'm so happy for you both. We go outside and Lily is giving her gifts to Nora. 
And it's, you know, the book she got earlier. And Nora says, this is what I read to everyone in that horrible prison world. And Lily says, you know, I thought it'd be a nice anniversary gift. It reminds me of everything we've been through together as a family. And Nora says, thank you, Lily. This is so special. I love it. And it's nice. Little little mommy-daughter moment. It is cute. And then Julian approaches and covers Lily's eyes and says, guess who? And Lily says, the man I chose above all others. And she says it like, the man I chose above all others? She's like, what the fuck was I thinking? She said, you know, I'm starting to sound dumb. (laughs) Nora says, I'll leave you two lovebirds alone. And she goes. And Lily's like, man, don't do that. Lily's like, don't. (laughs) Julian says, dance with me. And they go in to dance. And there's like bumping EDM music. Yeah. It's like, okay. Lily says, I have no idea how to dance to this kind of music. I doubt Julian does either. But Julian says, fear not. I bribed the DJ to play us a slow song. Again with the wasting money. Compel the DJ. Why'd you bribe him? (laughs) Yeah, it's like you already compelled him to be here and work for free. Why'd you lose money for him to play a song that you clearly had to give him a copy of? Because it's not like he had Bose Opera earlier in the fucking Spotify queue. (laughs) Literally, you had to give him like a record. Honestly, like you couldn't give him a fucking iPod. I understand it's just a throwaway line, but why would you bribe instead of compel? I know. I know we're not supposed to think about it this hard, but I, sorry, we're on a podcast. We're picking at every little thing. Yeah. That's what this is for. It's, yeah, that's the whole reason I bought a microphone. This podcast is the embodiment of that one Encanto tweet that says, I just noticed she was holding corn in this scene. And people said, you guys are running out of things to notice about this movie. (laughs) That's us on this show. (laughs) A classical song starts to play and they slow dance. And Julian says, do you recognize it? And Lily says, should I? Which is again a no. (laughs) And Julian says, not the arrangement, but perhaps the vocals. And then an opera singer starts to sing. And Lily says, I'll never forget that voice. And she smiles at Bo and we can see like Bo feeling the music. And so she says, he used to sing so beautifully. So we know it's Bo singing, new Bo trait unlocked, opera singer. <laughs> new new Bo personality trait. And I love it because you can start, you start hear the singing, they cut to Bo, he looks emotional. He's acting down. He's, he's acting. And then she's like, oh, he had such a lovely voice. You look to Bo, he looks happy. He looks at peace. He looks like he remembers, there's a fondness for his old life. And it's like, you are giving me so much in your face right now. It really, don't cut a frame of him. We're keeping in every frame of Bo. I can't overstate it. He doesn't have to be doing all this, but he he's acting. He's so talented. Bo Emmy Wen. I just I need him to know. I want him to listen and know that like someone out there is standing him and thinking he's acting down. (laughs) (laughs) Julian says to think of everything we've endured as a family. And now we're together at long last. And Lily says, yes, like old times. She said, you know, I'm starting to think that old times were bad, which I didn't think before. But, you know, it does make sense because if they were good, why were we put in prison for it? Everything's starting to connect now. (laughs) Julian says, well, you know, it's almost like old times. You haven't been indulging in any of the real fun. And he is referring to all the alive people he wants her to kill. Referring to the background actors. Yeah. Uh, She says, you know, no, I'm like, I'm good with the blood bags, really, truly. And he says, no. You're afraid. She says, afraid of what? (laughs) And he says, going all in, of rejoining our family completely. 
You keep holding on to the hope that Stefan and Damon will love you again, that we'll be one big happy family, but we can't. And that hope is causing unwanted friction. Take a look around. You have all the love you need right here. All you have to do is accept it. Come back to us, Lily. Allow yourself to let go and become the woman that I fought through hell for. He has grabbed one of the background actors and she feeds on him. And I do think this is an interesting, this would be an interesting moment if Lily fell for the manipulation, but she's just faking it. She never sways once she's decided he's evil. Yeah, again, I do think this is a time to like, obviously being a ripper, if you, you know, take the guilt out of it, seems like a lot of fun. Yeah. Damon walks in as Lily has started to feed, and then he sees that and walks right out. He said, okay, well. (laughs) He said, typical. And it should be noted, talking about eating down, Damon is wearing the best Henley we've seen in seasons. Yeah, he is eating up a Henley, the likes of which we have not seen since Nina Dobrev in the early seasons, eating up her Henleys. Yeah, Nina Dobrev saw this and was like, oh my God, someone finally gagged Elena in the Henley Olympics. Yeah, he's wearing a really incredible Henley today. And he wears it the whole episode. So just every time you're picturing it, just picture a really incredible Henley on him. Deep V. Deep V. We go out to the porch. Lily has followed Damon outside. And Damon says, looks like someone's having fun. And she says, I had to feed. I have to convince them I'm on their side. Which I'm sure kept them convinced the second you bit for one second and immediately ran out the room. Yeah, literally. Although it did convince Julian, we find later, so... But come on. (laughs) Again, quote, Julian's not an idiot. Is he not really? Yeah, that wasn't a sign to him. Damon says, sounds like something straight out of Ripper's Anonymous. The plan is postponed till further notice. He tries to do this, but of course that doesn't happen. She says, Mm -hmm. no, look, okay, Valerie will get through to them. The plan must go forward. I can't spend another minute with that man. Damon says, fine, Julian dies tonight, but it's no skin off my back if you're still linked to the guy when I shove a stake through his heart. And Lily says, yeah, okay, you made that very clear when you tried to kill him yesterday. She says, I'm well aware you want me dead. (laughs) Damon says, what do you want from me? An apology? Ain't gonna happen, girly. I'm only here because Stefan's a mama's boy and I don't want the silent treatment for the next century. And then Lily slaps him. (laughs) Which, you know, this didn't seem quite slap worthy. This seemed like a fair thing to say. He'll get to the slap worthy bit. Yeah. And she says, I am your mother. How can you be so cavalier about my life? Now, Lily, if you want Damon back on your side, you know this cannot be the thing to say. Well, and all the love in the world, you know the answer. Like, he's made it very clear why he doesn't fuck with you. You And a lot of it was things that you chose to do. Yeah, things you didn't have to do. You did not have to put Elena in a coma, but you chose to do that. Damon says, because you're already dead to me, Lily. I was 17. You went away. I cried. I grew up. You being here doesn't change any of that. And if I had to do it all over again, I'd have left you in that damn prison world so I didn't have to see your face again. And frankly, they probably should have left her in the prison world. And this is the line where where she should have slapped him. But unfortunately, she just slapped him. So it lost all its power. Yeah. So slapping him again would just be like, okay. Like, oh, you slapped me again? You kind of need to hit me three times now, rule of thirds, bitch. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, in retrospect... A lot of their problems are because they took Lily out of the prison world and they did it so that Stefan would turn his humanity back on, but they didn't really try all that hard without her. I think they could have gotten it back on. They could have gotten it back on. Yeah. She was quicker, don't get me wrong. Well, what they should have done if they really needed her, take her out, get her to turn Stefan's humanity back on, put her right back in. Sorry. Sorry. I mean, honestly, their big mistake, and I get why they did this, was putting Kai in that prison world. 
because it gave them everything they needed to get out. Well, yeah, and they couldn't have known that at the time because Bonnie just wanted Kai out of her life. But Kai was trying to be a better person to her. She just wasn't buying it. And it's fair that she wasn't buying it. Yeah. It backfired significantly. Well, it feels like if they're going to put him in a prison world, just put... And I know why they did it, because they were already going to that other prison world to get her. So it was easier to do it that way. But it just feels like putting him in a prison world with other people is just not a good idea. You need to put him into the 1994 prison world. And honestly, he might have been able... No, because she took the Ketsia rock with her. to And the Joe knife she took the magic out of. Yeah. So there's probably no magic left in that prison world. And if there is... Or Bennett blood. And if there is, whatever. I mean, but then he doesn't have heretics. There's a reason Kai was in a prison world by himself. Yeah. We go outside to like a dock and it's decorated with like flowers and tool. They still had some pink tool left over from the Joel Earth wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Mary Louise is standing there and Nora approaches and says, Mayor, this is gorgeous. Did you do all this yourself? Mary Louise says mostly. Julian and Bo helped. And she notices the book and she says, oh, what's that? And Nora says, it's a gift for us. And she reads the same poem from earlier. But could youth last and love still breed, have joys no date, nor age, no need. And then Mary Louise takes out the ring and Nora can't help but see it because it's huge. Yeah, she can't help but notice the giant piece of like sparkle in front of her. It catches her eye. And Mary Louise says, marry me. 133 years is not enough, Nora. I want eternity. Nora says, yes. Mary Louise says, really? And Nora says, yes, of course, yes. And they kiss. Mary Louise puts the ring on Nora. They kiss again. It's a very sweet engagement. Happy for them. It's good for them. Yeah. It will fall apart by episode's end, but they have a happy moment. Yeah. I was like, wow, look at them really beating the like lesbian couples. I was getting beat down by the writer's allegations. They're just going to let him be happy. And then they said, no. They said, no, no, I don't think we will. Valerie approaches. Hey, girl, I know that time is of the essence for this plan, but could you have given them like 10 minutes? Literally, her and Stefan both could have given a little extra time to push the plan back. Yeah, because they're going to be less receptive to be on your side when you interrupt their proposal. Yeah. She says, I'm happy for you too. And Mary Louise says, what are you doing here besides destroying the greatest moment of my life? And Valerie says, we need to talk about the worst moment of my life. (laughs) It's actually about me. We go over to the grill. Enzo is feeding on a girl. He's like spiraling, even though he did kiss Lily, but I guess he kind of thinks she's going to die. Well, (laughs) I think he thought since she didn't run away with him, she was, you know, she just didn't want him. Yeah. Which is kind of the truth. So I think he's like, wow, she doesn't want me. I mean, I could have told you that. And so I, I mean, you learned that lesson week after week. I don't know what else to you tell just you. Keep going back to learn that lesson again. You're only hurting yourself. Truly. That's classic. Enzo, though. Yeah. Matt comes in and he says, hey, let that girl go. And he points the gun. And Enzo says, oh, I'm so sorry, officer. I found this one wandering about and assumed she was of drinking age. Ha ha ha. Giggle, giggle. She runs away. Nobody compels her. She knows about vampires. Yeah, she knows about vampires. (laughs) She's telling everybody. Matt says, hey, I have a quick question. What the hell is wrong with you? And Enzo says, let's just say I didn't get the girl. Shut up. You people need to learn how to handle rejection better. That is not an excuse. And also, Enzo, like, you've never gotten the girl. Like, shouldn't you be used to it by now? Specifically this girl you should be used to by now. She's been rejecting you week after week. Yeah. And even now that she her current boyfriend is abusive and she wants to leave him, 
she still barely wanted to hang out with you. Like she wants to leave her boyfriend, but she does not want you to be her new boyfriend. Like get the hell up. Enzo pushes Matt's gun out of his face and says, I don't think the life-saving business suits you, mate. And Matt says, yeah, tell that to the girl whose throat you were about to tear out. Because to Matt's credit, he did save that girl's life right now. He did save at least one life. (laughs) But then Enzo says, yeah, well, I suppose that brings your tally to a whopping one. To be fair, Matt is limited by a number of things, but he does save quite a few lives in this town. Oh, he saved a lot of lives. And like even he saved like Elena from having a humanity off. Like he's done his job. But obviously Enzo is just trying to like break Matt. The thing is, Matt's been dealing with people who say mean shit to him for years. And unfortunately, Matt has a lot of ammo to use against Enzo. This is the problem with Enzo is he knows he can't beat down most people. So he tries to beat down the weakest person he can find in his viewfinder. But unfortunately, he's actually the weakest one. And so he can't even beat the weakest one. It happened when he tried to go after Alaric. Like, he just, he can't win. And I want someone to care about him and, like, see his hurt and how he's, that that's causing this. But of course, why would Matt give a fuck? Matt doesn't like him. And unfortunately for Enzo, Matt has a habit of kinging every once in a while. And so he continues to do so. So Matt says, Damon didn't want you. Lily didn't want you. And this town never wanted you. So what are you still doing here? That? I mean, he did get him. To say Damon didn't want you? <laughs> it's damning. And you know, I can't I can't say he didn't king. And I can't be mad at Matt for saying this either. Because Enzo did full hit him with a car. Enzo has been like a big Matt Donovan hater. And I mean, so have we, whatever. But Enzo and Matt have kind of this real rivalry going. So yeah. I can't be mad when Matt is mean to Enzo. Matt has never pretended to like Enzo. He's always said he doesn't fuck with him. Enzo does try to fight back and says, I might ask the same thing about you. And I do think Enzo, this is the right like spin, is like, this town doesn't want you either. Enzo says, the heretics are throwing a murder party in your precious hometown, and all you can manage to stop is my buzz. You're overmatched. You've brought a knife to a gunfight, and it's going to be the death of you. And he goes. And I do think this would be a really like meaningful gag for Matt. Unfortunately, Matt already realized this and has already taken precautions against this. So this doesn't even hurt Matt. I do think the point, like, there's a whole heretic party where they're killing people and you're bothering me, like, makes a lot of sense. Because it is kind of like, you're too scared to go deal with them. So you just have to come after me. That, I think, is a read. Unfortunately, you know, Matt doesn't take this as a read because he feels like he has a leg up, which he does. Mm -hmm. But- You did have to go out of town to get these people to help you, Matt. He doesn't take that personally. And I will say the heretic, to the heretic point, Matt makes a comment later, and we can talk about what this means, that these people wanted Enzo. Not that they wanted vampires, not that they wanted to like save Mystic Falls. They wanted Enzo. So that comment can't even hurt Matt because- I didn't really pick up on that. We'll get to that when we get to that. Because he says, I guess somebody wanted you after all. And again- The heretics aren't killing a ton of people. Yeah, but it is like, if you had to measure the threat to your town right now, it would be that one. Sure. So I think that's kind of a get. I think so, but also I think Matt is in this position where he's like, I have to be realistic about what I can do and when. That's true. That's true. One thing about Matt, he knows how to not die. Exactly. 
And he does have beef with Enzo, which is fair. Yeah, which is fair. They have beef with each other. Yeah. Enzo goes out behind the grill and it's raining now. And he like takes a deep breath like, I finally almost won in a war of words, but he didn't. But that's yeah, he okay. said, I won that conversation. Uh, and then he gets shot with a bunch of darts. Like four or five. Like they do not. It is reminiscent of when they shot Damon with darts last week or whenever it was. I think it was last week. That's a good clock. A sniper jumps from the roof and a UPS type truck pulls up. And in the back of the truck, Enzo's favorite place, a cage. So they put Enzo in the cage. It's like, oh, not that again. Come on. It's a bad day for Enzo. He got dumped by Lily again. And now he's in a cage again. I know every time he sees a cage, he's like, oh, fuck me. (laughs) Not again. I can't escape. Haven't I done enough time in cages? How many cages do I have to escape before there isn't another one waiting for me? <laughs> Literally. And it's worth it's worth noting, it's like a me- uh, quite a group of people. It's like five or six people who all kind of have like things strapped to them. Yeah. It's, it's very SWAT team-esque almost, but per core. What's your first read of this group? Well, I do think they're somewhat related to whatever the excurs are, whatever it is. And I think the leader or de facto leader is who we kind of deal with at the very end of the episode. We go back to three years from now, but I also think we have to call back to when Matt recently said like, Oh, Tyler and Jeremy are helping me deal with this problem. Mm -hmm. And we know Jeremy is vampire hunting somewhere and Tyler's with Jeremy supposedly. So maybe this is a connection that Jeremy and Tyler brought on. So thanks a lot, Jeremy. Well, Jeremy doesn't give a fuck about Enzo either. Well, yeah, but I I do. (laughs) <laughs> and I've been defending Jeremy. Like, can't you two at least work together? My two boys that I've defended against all else. No, they can't. At least Damon does what I want him to do most of the time. Literally. <laughs> we go over to a greenhouse on the property of this party house. I don't know what fucking venue this is that has a greenhouse. It's not important. Mary Louise says, this is so typical. Nora and I have one night a year and Valerie can't stop herself from trying to steal the spotlight. Valerie says, this isn't about me. This is about our family. And then Bo comes in and Nora says, oh, hold on. Where's Julian? We should wait for him. And Lily comes in and says, yeah, Julian's not coming. We really shouldn't wait for him. <laughs> Actually, we go into the party, which seems to be over, by the way. <laughs> and it's not 915 yet. Yeah, everyone has shit to say about 915. <laughs> Julian is just feeding on someone in a corner. And Damon and Stefan approach. Damon says, hell of a party. And Julian says, well, your mother would agree. Okay, what are you in middle school? Your mom? (laughs) Like, yeah, we actually know for a fact she wouldn't agree. Yeah, he (laughs) says, there's a kindergarten teacher in the powder room to prove it. You knew her to be a ripper and she fed on one person and that was your proof that she's, that you got her? King. And also, we saw her bite that woman. Like, you finished that off. Yeah. Stefan says, good old mom. Bet she made you think she enjoyed it, too. We go into the greenhouse and Valerie is telling them the story of Julian. She says his face went cold. I couldn't fight him off. I couldn't stop him. Julian beat me savagely. And when it was finally over, my baby was dead. Murdering my child wasn't some violent whim. It was a calculated, manipulative act. Inside the party house, Julian says, what are you boys doing here? Because he does not fuck with them. (laughs) Yeah, he hates these two. Damon says, it's an anniversary party. So we figured we'd come support the pretty one and her mean girlfriend. Mary Louise is the pretty one? <laughs> I, I think you could make an argument that either of them fit the description. That's true. That's the kind of fun thing. We go to the greenhouse, and Mary Louise says, this doesn't make any sense. Why would Julian do such a thing? What did he stand to gain? 
So already you can tell Mary Louise isn't buying this shit. Yeah. Because to me, if the story is this guy beat my baby out of me, I'm not asking what did he stand to gain? I'm asking what? He sounds full. I'm asking why didn't you tell us this before? Yes. Why did this not come up in the prison world? Yeah. Lily says me. It was about me. I would have never gone to Europe with him had I known about my grandchild. And Norris says, what the hell do you mean grandchild? Norris like, what? <laughs> Lily says, Stefan was the baby's father. And they're gagged. Because they said, that's a little convenient. Mary Lou's like, okay, now this is starting to sound made up. Yeah. <laughs> Valerie says, I couldn't cope. I took my own life and became the first heretic. When Julian saw how powerful I was, he wanted more. We're his army, not his family. We always have been. And I think this is a great spin to get people to turn against him. But this is another thing that's so annoying about the Lily character. Why is that not like part of her motivation is like the power these heretics have to protect her from stuff. Why was she not building an army? Because she was the one who was actually building this family. Well, I think the more interesting spin in that side of the story for Lily is Lily gave up her family, didn't care about them, and was building a family to her ideal specifications. Yes. Like that she was like, okay, clearly doing it biologically didn't work. I can mold these people into the family I want and have protection, you know? And I think that that is a much more interesting thing for Lily to be like, they're my army, but they're also my family because I did build them to be the family I needed. So that she sees her actions as an act of love when they're really acts of manipulation. And I think that's a yeah. really interesting thing. I think that is maybe what they're trying to do with Julian, that he sees it as an act of love, but I don't know. I don't think he does. I think they're trying to do it like he wanted to have powerful people and have a powerful family, but he like, because he definitely leans into like the family thing, but it may yeah. be that he wanted to be like the patriarch of a family. He mostly only seems to lean into the family thing because he knows that like it's important to Lily. Yeah. But then he also seems to like the kids. It's... Again, it's much more interesting if Lily, you know, loves this family, but also expects them to be who she wants them to be and not who they are. And I think they set up enough stuff like that, that that could be. That could very well be the story, but they get away from it. Because they have to prove that she likes Damon and Stefan. But I think that is the same thing that happens with Damon and Stefan is that she wanted her sons to be like her perfect sons. And so mm -hmm. when they break the vase or they do something that makes her mad, that doesn't fit with her storyline. And then she gets angry. And that, I think, would be an interesting thing to play with for Lily to kind of justify this up and down of her of like, yes, she feels deep love for these people, but it's like a love of owning things rather yeah. rather than an unconditional love, you know? It's conditional. And she doesn't even realize it's conditional, but she will cut someone out if they have broken enough of her conditions. And that's why she's built this family and she won't let them leave because if they leave, they may break one of the conditions. Then her family breaks up. Like, I think they build the foundation for that and then they just shatter it. Yeah. Nora says, Lily, is that true? And Lily says, I believe every word Valerie said. When she told me what happened to her, it was as if all the lights in the room went on and I could finally see Julian for who he really is. It, well, it took a couple days after she told you. So Lily says, that's why I'm leaving him. And Valerie says, but she can't do it without your help. So the question is, who do you believe? I love happy anniversary. Me and your dad are divorcing. Literally. <laughs> um, Bo goes up to Valerie and again, acting. Face journey for all face journeys. 
he looks at her and you can't really tell if he's angry or what. And then you just see he feels so sad for her. His face like softens and he hugs her and they sob. It's so beautiful. He's acting. I mean, I can't say it enough. And then next, Nora goes to Valerie and also hugs her. So they all believe her. And then Nora turns to Mary Louise, who's just hanging out back there. Yeah, hasn't really started moving yet. And Nora says, Mayor, you heard what she said. What are you waiting for? And Mary Louise says, oh, sorry, this is just a lot to take in. And Nora says, yeah, that's why we stick together, because we're a family. And Mary Louise sees the way the numbers are going, so she walks over and hugs Valerie, too. But you can tell she's iffy. Yeah, you can tell she got forced into walking over by peer pressure, didn't choose to. Yeah. And then Lily sends a text. We go into the party and Damon is throwing darts at the dartboard. And Julian's just like letting him. He's not saying anything. Yeah. And Stefan gets a text. We go back to the greenhouse and Lily says, okay, Bo, give me your hand. And she sits down. And Mary Louise says, oh, what's she doing? And Valerie says, bracing herself. And Nora says, for what? Um, Inside the party, Stefan nods at Damon. And Damon throws a dart into Julian's neck. And we see in the greenhouse, Lily gets the wound too. They're still linked. Mary Louise runs up to Lily and says, you're bleeding. And Lily says, yeah, it's about to get a lot worse. Back inside the party venue, Julian fights with the boys. Julian holds a dart almost up to Damon's eye, but can't get it in there because he's a loser idiot. And then mm-hmm. Stefan hits him in the back with like a coat rack. Yeah. And then Stefan like stabs him in the stomach with that coat rack um, and says, okay, let's tie him up. Nice job, boys. Excellent work. And then everyone decides to have social hour. Uh, Everyone relaxes for quite some time after this. Yeah, suddenly the tight timeline on the plan, we're not worried about that anymore. Yeah, much looser timeline now. Because all the heretics are on Valerie's side, decidedly. Even though we had to force Mary Louise over, she's certainly not going to betray us now. So we go out to the porch and Stefan finds Lily. And he says, hey girl, so Damon is tying Julian up and I got his blood. And Lily says, oh, good. They're waiting for it in the greenhouse. But don't go there yet. Let's have a long chat first. Stefan says, Caroline's pregnant. And Lily looks shocked because she doesn't even understand how it got to this point. Lily's like, what the fuck is in your sperm? Like, literally, how many fucking babies have you had? (laughs) Stefan says, yeah, I didn't really know what to say either. And Lily says, do I even want to know how this happened? And Stefan says, Gemini spell, twins, not mine, obviously. The quick points. And that is all she needs. Lily says, wow, you must be overwhelmed. And Stefan says, well, I didn't exactly handle things the right way. My self-aware king, thank you. I needed you to address that. Thanks for at least saying that. Yeah, I really needed that. Thanks for knowing that you handled it bad. (laughs) And then Stefan says, do you have any advice? Now, why are you asking her? Bad, bad call. Mother of the year over here. Let's ask the mom who faked her death and left her sons what her thoughts are on children. Awesome. Yeah, but Lily does give some good advice that she says, tell her you love her and never forget what she must be going through. She said, I have some advice. Try some empathy. I've heard of it. I haven't experienced it myself. (laughs) But I hear it's great. She says, and one day be prepared for her to sacrifice everything for them. Not that I'm one to give advice because I chose Julian over everything. She says, take all that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Stefan says, yeah, but now Julian's going to die and you can start over without him. And Lily says, no, I'm pretty sure it's too late. Like, so much has already been lost. And Stefan says, you haven't lost me. And Lily says, really? Lily's like, damn. So I haven't lost you or Enzo? Damn, y'all got mommy issues. Who gave those to you? Oh. Oh, me. me. (laughs) Shit. 
<laughs> I've got hands. <laughs> Stefan says, I guess willingness to forgive the unforgivable is in my genetics. Unlearn that. Yeah, that's bad. That, that's clearly coming back to bite you. <laughs> Uh, Lily says, unfortunately, Damon doesn't feel the same way about forgiveness. You're asking him to forgive significantly more. Damon forgives quite a few things. But they, I will say, you know, Damon is like the type that once he's decided you're dead to him, it's pretty hard to sway him from that decision. I mean, look at Catherine. Stefan says, well, you were the first woman to break his heart. He's put up a wall ever since, but you can take it down. No, the wall was already taken down by Elena, who she took from him. Yeah. Lily says, no, he's gone. I saw it in his eyes. Like, he wishes me dead. <laughs> She's like, he literally tried to kill me yesterday. So I'm pretty sure I can read that one. <laughs> uh, Stefan says, do you think I haven't seen that look before? Damon has been practicing that look on me for the last 150 years. Yeah, well, sometimes Damon's been wrong. Well, and also, even at Damon's worst points with Stefan, he's not wished him dead in the way he wishes wishes Lily dead. Yeah, he's never wished Stefan dead. Even at their harshest times, he just wanted Stefan to have an eternity of misery. Not be dead. Just miserable. He wants Lily dead. Miserable isn't enough. He had a whole plan to wait six months so she could be miserable, and he said, fuck that. Not worth the wait. I, no, I gotta kill her. Lily says, well then maybe you could offer your mother a little advice in return. How do I get him back? And Stefan says, time. Uh, Stefan, what you should say is maybe find a way to wake Elena up. And I know Nina Dobrev left the show and she can't come back. But <laughs> but that is like, that would be the one way. Yeah. We go inside. Damon is playing pinball while Julian is chained up. What house is this? Literally. <laughs> I need to know whose house this is. Julian says, my mind is boggled by this blind devotion you have for Lily. When the woman mused up an idea to keep you away from your soulmate, but what? 60 years, 70 years. And Damon says, stop talking. And Julian says, and yet here you are, essentially risking your life to be here with me in order to keep her alive. This is a very valiant effort from Julian to say like, why are you loyal to Lily? But he misreads that A, Damon's not loyal to Lily. And B, the alternative is being loyal to Julian, who Damon doesn't like. Yeah, Damon's like, I'm only keeping you alive because my brother wants to. Like, you're not turning this around on me. Like, I don't fuck with either of you. So yeah. can I just play pinball in peace? Like, I have to pass this time somehow. Yeah, everyone apparently is doing social hour now. So I guess I have to wait longer. Yeah, because I don't know what's taking so long with one unlinking spell. Yeah. Bonnie would have this done by now. Literally. Valerie comes in and says, don't listen to him. He knows he's dead either way. But if he can provoke you to kill him now, then you spend eternity as the boy who killed his own mother. And Julian says, aren't you a clever girl? It's a shame. I suppose your little one would have had the same smarts. Yeah, the baby he killed. So that's a rude comment. Yeah. So Valerie spits on him, and she's right to do so. She said, you know what? Spitting on you in that coffin wasn't enough. I need to see your face after I do it. He laughs, and she says, rotten hell, Julian. And Mary Louise comes in, and she says, what is this? What does it damn look like? It's pretty straightforward. I mean, don't get me wrong. The pinball machine does kind of confuse the situation. It's like, <laughs> what is that doing in here? Yeah. But- Otherwise, he's chained to a chair. What do you think is happening? You just got told that no one fucks with Julian anymore? I mean, girl. Julian says, apparently, whoever wins at foosball gets to kill me. And Damon says, this is pinball, and I have the high score. Damon's like, what do you think foosball is? It's like, are you a fucking <laughs> idiot? And Damon says, did you break the link yet? 
but Mary Louise ignores that because Mary Louise has a question for Valerie. Mm -hmm. She says, how do I know that you were pregnant with Stefan's child? How does anyone know anything? I mean, how do you expect me to prove that to you? Seriously. And I think Valerie could be a little nicer to Mary Louise here, but I do think Valerie is kind of tired of this bullshit and I can't blame her. Valerie just says, oh, are you testing me? Do you really believe I'd make that up? And I do think this story is like too specific to be made up. If she made up a story that good that fooled everyone else, like I understand you care about Julian, but if everyone else is buying it, it's like, okay, I might have an issue with it in my gut, but like you guys seem to all believe it. It's one thing if there was a way to prove it and she hasn't done that, but she's proven it as much as she can. Well, and I think like if she wants to have this conversation, she can, but the solution is not like what she does. Yeah. Mary Louise says, you lied to Lily about your affair with Stefan because of the baby, just like you lied to us about killing Oscar because of the baby. So why should I believe you're telling the truth now? I wish Valerie would be like, because they're all fucking linked. It's all about the goddamn baby. That's where those lies came from. This is the truth. I do think, though, Valerie's mistake with Mary Louise is that she did kill Oscar. And that was just simply not necessary for the rest of this. And I think Valerie needs to answer for that a little bit more, specifically to Mary Louise, because I think that's the one thing that doesn't really have as clear an explanation. But also Valerie's like, everyone else agrees I'm in the right. Get on the right side. When I do think Valerie knew that telling the truth was an iffy thing. Yeah. And then it worked out for most of the family. So she kind of was like, whatever, I'm done. I already gave this all. But it like, this is not a crazy concern for Mary Louise to raise. Like, yeah. you know, they're loyal to Julian and that they care about him. So if she's asking these questions, I understand you're annoyed. And like, it is obnoxious that she doesn't believe this because, you know, you know it to be true. We all know it to be true. But it should be like, I understand this is hard for you to hear, but like, I would not lie about this. This is something that has scared me for so long. Like, to really get Mary Louise on your side. Like, I know you have everyone else on your side and Mary Louise will probably come over there eventually, but it can't hurt you to take this concern seriously. Well, and to just like feed Mary Louise's drama a little bit. I mean, Mary Louise is very emotional, very dramatic. You Mm. need to handle her with a little bit more kid gloves. And she is not one to think decisions through Mm -hmm. even like you would consider Nora the crazy one but Mary Louise will do shit just out of nowhere because she heard something a little off yeah she's a bit of a minefield I do think Valerie doesn't handle this super well why did Lily let the group split up there's no reason in which Mary Louise should have been able to find this room why was no one watching Mary Louise especially after it's clear she barely went over to the side yeah even if Lily said, Nora, like, how about you go talk to Mary Louise? I can see she's shaken up. Because you just got engaged anyway. Don't you want to spend time together? But you should be tracking where these people are going. Damon says, all right, Nancy Grace, that's enough. Let the adults handle this. So, of course, Mary Louise does what any witch would do. She does an aneurysm spell on Damon and then magically snaps Valerie's neck. She shouldn't be in this room. Now that she's here, Valerie could have handled a little better. But like, of course, she doesn't fuck with Damon. She's never going to be on Damon's side. And she just got told Valerie betrayed the family. So why is she going to be on the side of the people who betrayed her family just because the one who betrayed them tells them that Julian's bad? Like, you can see why she's thinking this. Yeah, exactly. And Julian is so excited because he didn't really think he had a shot here. And he says, you know, that Mary Louise is why you've always been my favorite. And, you know, you can say a lot about Julian, but he really put his work in manipulating Mary Louise. 
Oh, yeah. Her specifically. I mean, he worked on all of them, like with Bo and Nora, too. But Mary Louise, he spotted her as clearly the soft target. He put a lot of work in on her and he really just needed one of them to pay off. And even after 100 years in hell, he bested the prison world relationships. He did a great job here. Yeah, this was his best chance to get the one because Mary Louise is a soft target. She gets hurt by a lot of things. It's easy to get in there. It's easy to be her confidant. Because she's dying for a confidant. Everyone else is finding confidants elsewhere in the world and making other relationships. And Mary Louise only wants their family to be like intact. He, she doesn't want Nora to make any new friends. She's already self-conscious about her relationship with Nora, which is only proven by the fact that she proposed after 133 years. Like, you're trying to make sure Nora doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, surely the engagement will make it clear she'll never leave you. It's transparent, Queen. We go over to Whitmore. Caroline is just sitting on her bed, waiting for someone to call and include her in this show. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm even like, Rick, you want to check on her? Yeah, literally. Caroline gets a call from Stefan. And she says, well, you're either really drunk or calling to tell me that you found a new girlfriend. And he says, none of the above. Although I really would love to get a drink right now. How about you finish the plan first? Yeah, it was such a tight timeline. You couldn't say I love you to your girlfriend earlier, but now you have time to do a 10 minute phone call. What? You should be babysitting heretics. Yeah. Caroline says, yeah, tell me about it. I will say during this whole scene, I had a hard time taking it seriously because the music in the background was a very specific cover of, like, every breath you take, I'll be watching you. Yeah. I know this cover because they play it in Pretty Little Lies. So I found it deeply distracting, which is not their fault. But I also think this <laughs> song, like, the Vampire Diaries is usually good at finding songs that really fit the scenes. And I think the vibe of this song works, but, like, the lyrics don't make a lot of sense for the scene. Yeah. But Stefan says, hey, listen, I'm really sorry about earlier. I didn't know what to say, and I didn't want to say the wrong thing, so I bailed. Great summation of what was wrong. He loves to do that. That's his favorite thing. I didn't know what to say, so I ran away, like a man. Caroline says, well, I guess there's no right thing to say when you find out your girlfriend is magically pregnant with another man's babies. Look, I know that this is happening to both of us, and you stood by me through everything I went through with my mom, so I totally get it if you want to run for the hills. And he says, I'm not going anywhere, because... I love you. This is our first Steriline I love you. Mmm, yummy. Excited for them. Steriline stands. We eat a little bit. But it, it's a rough week, as you must be used to by now. Yeah, at this point, you know, <laughs> I was actually listening to old episodes recently. And in the beginning of season four is when, like, Stefan and Caroline start, like, hanging out as friends. Mm-hmm. I had such joy in my life then. Yeah. I hadn't been through what I've been through. <laughs> <laughs> even though I knew this was coming, like I pretend but, I do not see it. But it's it's different to have to talk about it. Yeah, to have to discuss it in an hour long podcast episode. Week after week. It's hard. It's hard work. I do so much. <laughs> Caroline smiles and says, I guess there is a right thing to say after all. And he says, listen, no matter how weird this all gets, I'm here for you. We're going to get through this together. And Caroline says, are you sure? Because it could get really weird. And Stefan says, I am positive. And she says, okay. Oh, and also I love you too. So great. Now that you've confirmed that. Yeah. <laughs> As she should. It's happy for Steriline for now. He's cool with the babies. I mean, he just got so sad about a baby not being around. Now you got two babies around. And yeah, they're not yours, but like, Alex drunk a lot. I think he'll need a lot of babysitting. Yeah, I think he'll let you babysit them. We go back into the house. Mary Louise is like running down the stairs. 
And Nora sees her and says, hey, Mayor, where are you going? We still need to unlink Lily. And Mary Louise says, I got to get out of here. And Nora says, no, Mayor, stop. You've been crying. What happened? Uh, we go over to the parlor and Lily enters to see Julian has now tied up Damon and Valerie. He's turned the tables on them. And she's like, well, how did this just happen? And Lily says, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Julian says, things have grown out of hand, Lily. Enough is enough. And she said, I'll stay. And Lily says, hey, what are you doing? Let them go. And Julian says, no, I can't, actually. Because if I do, this bloody cycle will continue. And I love you and the family we have built together far too much for that to happen. So one lives, one dies. You have to choose which. And this is funny because this won't solve anything. I, I mean, whatever. I don't, again, think Julian to be some mastermind who thinks this will solve anything. But like, even if she does kill Damon, Stefan's still around. And even yeah. if she kills Valerie, the other family still, like there's no. It's clearly about exerting control over her. Yeah. More than anything. But it's also like, aren't you trying to prove that you're not abusive? Yeah. Why are you telling me to kill my son? Literally. And Lily says, well, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to choose. Lily's like, yeah, I'm not fucking doing that. She says, I will do no such thing. Because <laughs> she's like, I don't actually have to do what you say I learned. Yeah. And Julian says, oh, but you will. It's like, mm, will you? Again, I won't. It seems like yeah. it's up to me. He says, you have spent far too long trying to have it all. The all in question is a combined family. Millions of yeah. people do it every year. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you want biological children and stepchildren. And that just never happens. And it's like all like literally all she seems to want is to like have more kids to care for. It's not like she wants Damon and Stefan to like move in and yeah. be part of the family even. Like she just wants them to not hate her. Yeah. Which feels fair. Uh, it doesn't feel like she's trying to have it all. Yeah. Julian says the lies, the violence, all because you wanted the impossible. Again, very possible. He says, but the truth is, you're either a Salvatore or one of us, no last name. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, you guys didn't even pick a last name? At least the originals picked Michelson, which was lazy, <laughs> but they picked it. Literally. He says, you cannot be both. Now choose. And he gives her the stake and he says, choose. As soon as this is happening, I was like, yeah, she's staking herself. Yeah, I mean, the writing's on the wall. I was like, she's obviously not staking either of these two. And- it would be too easy for her to stake Julian, so it's obviously going in her. Exactly. Upstairs, Nora is still talking to Mary Louise. Again, social hour. Nora says, how could you do that to Lily? And Mary Louise says, how could Valerie have done what she has to us? She hasn't been truthful about anything, Nora. Her relationship with Stefan? Lies. Killing Oscar? More lies. And her relationship with Stefan, like, yeah, she didn't tell you she got pregnant, but... Like, you all had access to this diary, too. Yeah, you saw her reading it all the time. You didn't steal it ever. In a hundred years, I would have read that diary. It's also, Mary Louise, like, she's never been truthful. She told two lies. You've known her for over a hundred years, and she only told two lies? That's a fair average. Like, that's not bad. And I understand killing Oscar is bad. But, like, Malcolm's dead, too. It wasn't the first one to go. Well, yeah, and again... Oscar, he didn't know what Julian did to Valerie, but he was a little bit holding Julian over Valerie to get something out of it, which I'm not saying he was wrong to do so. I get why he did that. 
Yeah, Oscar was going to leave y'all regardless, by the way. He didn't want to hang out with you. He wanted to be in Myrtle Beach rather than with all of you. Like, he didn't want to be dead, sure, but he certainly didn't want to be in your house. Exactly. Nora says, this is different. And Mary Louise says, of course you'd think that. Whatever that means. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Nora says, he took her child from her and you would side with him? Mary Louise says, and you would side with a girl who murdered her own brother? And I get that this is kind of the only sticking point Mary Louise has, and not to split hairs, but he's not your brother. Yeah. <laughs> killing a baby, killing your brother. It's like six of one, half dozen of the other. I mean. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and I get why Mary Louise is upset about the whole Oscar thing, but also it's like, okay, you don't have to forgive Valerie, but Julian did still kill her baby. Well, the whole Oscar thing, I think she's just kind of picking a sticking point. Yeah. Because let's be so serious. We met Oscar. We know Mary Louise. Those two were not friends. There's no way. If anything, Oscar was taking Nora's attention away from her. She, There's no way she liked Oscar. They were like the Chandler and Phoebe of the heretics. Like, they don't yeah. have any scenes together. <laughs> <laughs> like, And it's like, they're around. Sure, they're friends. But it's like, mm, if I had to get rid of one. Yeah, they don't hang out one-on-one, I bet. Yeah. Like, let's just be serious. It is clear she's picking a sticking point because... She wants to keep Julian in her life and because Julian manipulated her into thinking that like she needs him to like keep her swagger and keep Nora. Yeah. Which is foolish, but whatever. It's Mary Louise. Well, which is ironic because it's leading to her losing Nora, but Julian doesn't care. Yeah. Julian doesn't give a fuck. Nora takes off the engagement ring and Mary Louise says, what are you doing? And Nora says, this doesn't represent our love. It represents Julian's ability to manipulate us. I don't want it. I don't want any of it. And she runs off as Mary Louise calls after her. Great understanding of the situation, Nora. You queened again. You don't know another way. Yeah, because she's like, wait a second. He just convinced you to do this. Like, I want to make sure you actually care about me. And you're clearly getting taken advantage of and you need to wake up. This is your wake up call. Yeah, it's clearly a way that Julian made the family closer is by manipulating Mary Louise to propose to Nora. Mm -hmm. We go back over to the parlor. Lily says, Julian. This isn't you. I understand this path. It's the path you always got to try. But this is decidedly him. Yeah, this is classic Julian. (laughs) She says, you know, this is not the man I fell in love with. You used to be kind, gentle, funny. No, you're still in shock from the hell you've been trapped in for so long. And Valerie says, hell didn't turn him evil, Lily. He was born this way. Girl, she's lying. Yeah. Yeah. Let her lie. She understands the timeline of him killing your baby, okay? She's trying to manipulate him, you dumbass. Come on, (laughs) shut up. That's why Damon's keeping quiet. He's like, oh, neither of us are getting staked. I'm just going to sit here. Yeah. Damon says, okay, this vervain stings like a bitch and your family drama makes the prospect of hell look like Disneyland. So please, just one swift stab through the heart. Let's get this over with. And Lily looks so hurt. And Damon says, you chose your heretics over Stefan and me every chance you had. Why stop now? And Valerie says, Lily, please do that. Valerie says, he makes a great point. (laughs) Lily goes up to Valerie and says, you are such a strong girl. I'm sorry I didn't see it sooner. And then she walks away without staking her. It's very reality TV. It's like she goes up to Valerie first. It's like, she's going to stake Valerie. (gasps) Oh, no. And then she goes to Damon and she says, my son, please forgive me. And he says, okay, just kill me. Like, just do it, Lily. And then Lily turns to Julian and she says, you're wrong about so many things. I never had the courage to tell you before, but I do now. 
You are wrong, Julian. I can choose them both. And she stakes herself in the heart. So Julian gasps and runs to her. He pulls the stake out and he says, my sweet foolish girl, I've already unlinked us. Did you have to say foolish? Yeah. Well, he's <laughs> like, excuse me? <laughs> uh, and so she is shook because she's like, fuck. I thought I was like, going to kill us both. Now I'm just dying. Now it's just me. Now this is embarrassing. Because I do think she should have staked Julian, obviously. But I think this was a proof of like how much she cares for her family, that she yeah. would choose to sacrifice herself to save them from this threat. I think this is definitely a move to get trust back from Damon because, you know, she heard Stefan's tip to like give it time. You can tell all episode Lily's like, I think I'm going to die today. Like Lily seems pretty sure that this plan is going to end with both of them dead. Yeah, with both of them dead. She's not like she's trying to unlink them and she's trying to make it that just he dies, but she's okay dying. She's made that decision. And she clearly is trying to prove to Damon not only that she will not let him die, but that she's willing to sacrifice herself for him. So I get why she stakes herself. Although hindsight's twenty twenty, should have staked Julian. She couldn't have known they weren't linked. Like she was just choosing to like, you know, if you're already okay dying and want to show your love for your son in that way, and it kills the enemy, perfect. If she had known it was just killing her, maybe she would have made a different call. But she didn't know. Yeah. So Nora and Stefan run in. And Stefan says, no. Nora says, Lily. And Julian Vampire runs away. He says, I'm going to go. Yeah, he's like, okay, well, he said, I'll see myself out. <laughs> I told her to choose between those two. I, I didn't know she had another option. Yeah. We go over to the truck with the cage in it. Enzo is trapped. And then Matt comes up to the door to talk to him. And it's like, okay, rub it in a little bit. Yeah, get another couple lashings in. That's fair. Because to be fair, I mean, yeah, Matt needs some payback for the time that he thought he was driving Enzo over the anti-magic border. And then the border was gone. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's it's fair. Matt needs to feel power somewhere because he's certainly not getting it really anywhere. So yeah. he's got to at least beat Enzo. Yeah. Like that. He's like, come on. I got to win one and I'm never beating Damon. That that ship has yeah. gone far, far long ago. Yeah. But Enzo, I can still take. And so Matt says, save your strength. You're full of vervain. You couldn't break out of here on your best day. And Enzo's like, we'll see. I've gotten out of another a number of places. Yeah. Enzo says, what the hell did you do? And Matt says, I took your advice. You see, you're right. I can't protect Mystic Falls on my own. So I made some friends who could help. And Enzo says, and who are these friends? And Matt says, I'm sorry. Can't tell you. See, they'd like to introduce themselves. I guess I was wrong. Someone wanted you after all. Do you think this is specific to him or you think it's vague? I don't know. I guess if they wanted, if these people came in just to protect Mystic Falls, why would they not start with heretics? They clearly have a big enough team. It seems like they'd be willing to at least maybe not get every heretic walking into this party, but get Mary and Louise out on the porch, you know, get Mary and Louise. (laughs) Get Mary Louise and Nora while they're out on the dock. Like I was going to say like them getting engaged that's a time to get both of them with the number of people they have yeah so and enzo is just a vampire they are heretics enzo is clearly less dangerous and like matt doesn't fuck with enzo but he doesn't have his same level of like vengeance that he wants for enzo that he would leave them to enzo first yeah and also matt knows that bonnie and enzo are kind of hanging out and though he does not support it i think he would like call people and say We've got heretics. There's also, like, here's the other vampires, but 
they are what they are. I'd rather, you know, the heretics are the ones who got the town evacuated. So the question is, who wants Enzo? Other than me <laughs> and Bonnie halfway. The question is, what did he do to make someone this mad? Because he was in captivity for most of the time. Although I guess from 1903 till what, like 1950? Because mm-hmm. wasn't he taken into captivity in World War II? Yes. So maybe 1945. So I guess that's 40-ish years that he could have made some other enemies. Do you think that they're capturing him because they want him dead? Or do you think there's another reason? Do you think it is negative? It's probably an enemy, but now you're making me nervous about that. Because I think if there were another family option, Enzo would have tried it. Sure. (laughs) These two weren't really working. It could have something to do with him being tested by the Whitmores in some Mm -hmm. way. Do you think a Whitmore wants him back? I don't think there are any Whitmores left. Do you think this is Augustine on drugs? I don't think so, because I don't think they'd go back to it because they squandered it the first time. So why try it again? They had options with it and they gave it up, which maybe they're like, okay, let's let's replay some of that. Yeah. I don't know. I think we have to raise the possi- the possibility that this connects to, oh, I just think I figured it out. Oh. Because Enzo has the knife and doesn't he still have the Phoenix Stone? Oh, no, Julian has the Phoenix Stone. Yeah. And Julian has the knife now. Oh, Julian has the knife. Remember too. Julian picked it up and yeah. no one stopped him? I was remembering picking it up. He still, but he has the Phoenix Stone because Enzo doesn't still have it. Yeah, because Enzo, Enzo gave it doesn't. to Lily to rise. Okay, so I didn't figure it out. I thought they kidnapped him for the Phoenix Stone. But I do think they're connected to yeah. the Excar people. And so I don't know why they want Enzo for that specific reason. But I, you know, his knowledge of the knife or stone or whatever, or even looking for the stone, maybe that raised some alarm bells to them. Sure. What do you think these people's goal is? Do you think it is to just like eradicate vampires like so many villains of the past? Or do you think it's something else? I don't think it's to eradicate vampires. I think there are probably some specific situations that make them want to put them in the stone. So you think the eventual goal is to put Enzo in the stone? I don't think necessarily, but I think use Enzo to put the heretics or someone else in the stone. Sure. Potentially. Or maybe there's someone in the stone that they think Enzo will want out. And so like, hey, go get us this stone and knife. Like maybe they want to use him to go get those because they know he's connected to the people who have them or that they want to get Julian back in the stone because, you know, someone put Julian in the stone. Then why not just grab Julian? Maybe they haven't had a chance to grab him. or Maybe they don't want him to suspect that he's getting, that he's even close to being put back in the stone. They don't want to give him a chance to run away. So maybe they want like a double agent. Yeah. They're like, you're in the family, right? And Enzo's like, honestly, not really. You want to do something for us? And he says, sure. He says, okay are you gonna care about me and they said maybe in a way (laughs) we go over to the house Nora is like picking at the wound in Lily's chest as Lily is like whimpering and wheezing and Nora says the splinters must be inside your heart like I can't get them out and Lily says Nora it's all right and Nora says what do I do like tell me what to do and Stefan says say goodbye this is fun that there's just a few splinters in so she still gets a nice slow death yeah that's kind of a nice choice we haven't seen that before yeah so Nora goes up to Lily and says, we wouldn't be a family without you, Lily. I love you and I'm so sorry this happened. Goodbye. And then she leaves. And then Bo goes to her. Finally, some real fucking acting. And finally, someone <laughs> who Annie Worshin can act with because Bo goes, he cries, he nods, she nods too. The two of them are acting. It's electric. They are acting. Capital A-C-T-I-N-G. It's like a competition of face journeys and they're evenly matched. It's beautiful. Bo kisses her forehead. And then Stefan goes to Lily. 
and holds her hand. And Lily says, I guess only one of us gets the luxury of time. Promise me you'll use yours to the fullest. And he nods. And Stefan looks over to Damon. And Damon just takes a drink. He doesn't walk over there. Then we go over to the Salvador house. Julian is angrily breaking a bunch of glass and furniture. And it's like, okay. You kind of made your bed, dude. Like, yeah. I don't really know what to say. Like, you knew everybody wanted you dead. I mean, I guess you didn't know Lily wanted you dead, but that seems like a you issue. Yeah. Mary Louise comes in, and she's crying. She says, Nora gave back the ring. She says, what's all this? And Julian's like, I don't want to hang out with you. He said, you're the one I have left. Julian says, Lily, she staked herself in the hurt. And Mary Louise says, what? And he says, she thought killing herself would kill me. She didn't realize you'd already unlinked us. I thought breaking the spell would protect her. If if her son succeeded in killing me, she would be spared. But it's... And Mary Louise says, tell me this isn't real. Like, tell me this isn't happening. And he says, no, she's gone, Mary Louise. She's gone. And they cry. Poor Mary Louise. Because there has to be at least some glimmer of recognition of if Lily was willing to sacrifice herself, maybe Julian's bad. But now it's my fault that she's dead. So... I'm kind of stuck here. <laughs> it's it's a tough night for Mary Louise, to be sure. We go back over to the parlor. They put a blanket over Lily because she's dying. Like, the gray and veininess is creeping up her body. Valerie gets a turn to say goodbye. Valerie says, I forgive you for loving him, Lily. You just wanted to love us all. There's no sin in that. And she kisses her forehead and goes. Very nice goodbye. And then Valerie goes to Damon and says, Hey, she only has moments left. Make the most of them. Uh, He says, oh, bet. He said, I've been waiting for it to have moments left so no one can fix the bomb I'm about to throw in her face. He just wants to be a bitch. And he's right to do this. Mm -hmm. He drinks. He goes over to join Stefan. And Lily says, Damon, I'm truly sorry. And we can see the gray and veininess like creeping up her face. Mm -hmm. But Damon is silent because he's waiting for it to be like almost final before he says these things. He's waiting for it to get past her mouth so she can't even respond. And so it can be the last thing she hears before she dies. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he's silent and Stefan says, say something. And Damon's like, you're going to wish you hadn't said that, brother. (laughs) Yeah, literally. (laughs) Uh, So Damon, he waits. It gets past your mouth and he says, you made your bed. Have a nice nap. And she dies. I'm sorry. You can't blame him for being angry. You can't blame him for this. I know that's your mom. Her doing that to Elena, that's, that's fair that he said that. And to be... Even more fair, you know, Stefan has been working with Lily. He's been bonding with her. Damon's been doing nothing of the sort. Damon doesn't want to. Lily hasn't been apologizing. And Lily and Damon have had a lot more antagonistic interactions, particularly with her, you know, taking the coffin after he killed Malcolm. But the whole thing with Elena, he just found out she did that like a week ago. He's not ready to forgive her. He may never be. And also, like, even when we go back to 18, whatever, 1850, when she was dying, like, Damon spent a lot of his time sheltering Stefan and his mother from Giuseppe. And then she left him behind. He had to keep sheltering Stefan. Like he had to handle all that abuse while also protecting his brother. And like to know his mom left him to do that. Like there's a lot to not forgive for, but the Elena part is really like, why would he forgive you for that? in like a couple weeks, like that was the nail in the coffin on top of every other reason. I mean, with or without that, I don't think he's ready to forgive Lily for their whole life. Yeah. But with that, He wants her dead, and I can't blame him for it. And Stefan is clearly upset that Damon made this the last thing she heard. But you told him to say something, Stefan. Yeah, you wanted him to talk so fucking bad. 
What exactly did you think he was going to say to her? Yeah, you knew that Damon was not at all feeling Lily. The best thing you could ask for him is to have him say like, like nice nap was about as nice as it was going to get from him. Yeah. And then Damon throws his bourbon into the fire. So because he's frustrated. Yeah. Then we go back three years from now at the news station. And I said, yep, I was right. Let's see it. Damon groans and says, Mom, are you still there? She goes and she messes with his chains a little bit, but doesn't untie him, which is the first red flag because any vampire could break those chains. (laughs) She says, I'm so sorry. I don't think I can save you. You've been poisoned with werewolf toxin. Without proper treatment, you'll die soon. And he says, Mom, okay, listen, while you're still here, there's something that's been nagging at me for a long time. I'm so sorry. And I get him regretting like that those are the last words he says to his mother, but he was right to do it at the time. And, but it would be so funny. He's like, there's been something nagging at me for a long time. I'm so sorry. I didn't fucking kill you. <laughs> I actually hope you don't have a nice snap. <laughs> <laughs> and then she scoffs and she says, mom, wow, you must really be having a bad trip. Your mother has been dead for years. And again, must be said, Annie Worshing acting her ass off the way you can tell this is a totally different character well and also like it seems that it's a different voice as well i think she's lip syncing to the act to the new actress's voice even oh i thought i think she's just doing her own voice but maybe she is lip syncing whether she's lip syncing or doing this voice it's impressive as fuck because it's very obviously someone different she has like different facial expressions like different mannerisms she ate this up we have not seen this since a Catherine violena yes this is acting And then Damon says, you're not my mother. And then we don't see who the person really is, but we do see a boot kicking Damon in the face. Yeah, we get a little bit of a blurry face and a boot kicking him. So that's where we end the episode. So any comment about this? So I just think she's tied with that little, you know, militia that we saw earlier of Hunters. You know, it's sticking. I mean, I'm sticking with my Kate Urgent vibe. That's fair. I do want you to address who you think it is. Because once again, Stephanie, she's getting lazier with avoiding spoilers. No, <laughs> this one, this one was actually not my fault. Okay, I want to l- explain to the people what, what you're thinking. So this was some time ago. I don't use Chrome. I use Safari. Haha, ha, everybody laugh. Yeah. Anyway, I had to download the Chrome app on my phone because like a lot of, a lot of links don't work in the Safari app. It's just part of the cross I bear. So I don't use Chrome that much, but I know that Chrome suggests articles for things. Yeah, based on your browsing history and et cetera. I don't remember what I was doing on Chrome, but it had nothing to do with the Vampire Diaries. And I saw a little suggested link that said, ranking of all the Vampire Diaries villains. And I saw a picture of an actress who I recognize. Who who you have not yet seen on the Vampire Diaries. Who I've not yet seen on the Vampire Diaries. She is known for being on the new dynasty, not a super huge role, but she was on the early seasons and the beauty and the baker, the baker, and the, the beauty, the baker and the beauty. I, that's what I know her from. Uh, but her name is Natalie Kelly. Yeah. Stephanie described her to me. Um, and I know her from the baker and the beauty. I'm not saying if I know her from the vampire diaries, yeah. I may or I may not. I know her from the baker and the beauty. That is my comment. <laughs> I guess what I'm asking is, do you think this villain is Natalie Kelly? I do. Because when we first got back into the, when we first got to the news station, I was like, that's not Natalie Kelly's voice. Yeah. Which was my first sign that Lily was going to die. Yeah, because it was Annie Wershing's voice. So I do think the villain is is that missed thing. I guess we'll see. 
that brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying The Vampire Diaries and or Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating and review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. <laughs>